Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bloomberg is now in your dashboard with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It's free with the latest version of the Bloomberg Business app. It gives you access to every Bloomberg podcast, live audio feeds from Bloomberg Radio, plus hear the latest headlines at the click of a button with Bloomberg News Now. That's the Bloomberg Business app. Get it on your phone in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Just download the app, connect your phone to your car, and get started. It's presented by our sponsor, Interactive Brokers. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, the latest on the Israel-Hamas war. Israel says it struck back at an organization from Syria that targeted a school in the southern city of Eilat with a drone. Meanwhile, the White House has confirmed Israel's agreed to four-hour daily humanitarian pauses in northern Gaza to allow civilians to flee. But Mark Regev, who advises Israel's prime minister, says it's not a ceasefire. We will continue this operation until we have destroyed Hamas's military machine. The idea of a humanitarian pause is in a specific place for a specific time to help the civilian population who are not the target of our operation. On the contrary, we want to see them move out of harm's way. Well, that was Benjamin Netanyahu advisor Mark Regev. Meantime, a short time ago, Palestine Authority Radio reported that Israel's forces struck outpatient clinics of a medical complex in Gaza City. Israel's military says the main military headquarters of Hamas are located underground near that hospital and had they told the hospital to evacuate patients. Well, Nathan, we turn now to news that's still making waves in Washington. Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia stepping away from Capitol Hill. I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. Senator Manchin is an honorary, original honorary co-chair of No Labels, the centrist group that's now working on a possible third-party presidential campaign. And Bloomberg's Wendy Benjaminson has more from Washington. If he does go for an independent or third-party run, um, that's going to make it very, very difficult because the people who feel that Biden may have gone too far to the left or is too old or all the other things are looking at this guy, a true old-style conservative Democrat. Bloomberg's Wendy Benjaminson notes Manchin still has $11.3 million in his Senate re-election campaign that he could use in a presidential run. Well, while politics has Washington's focus, Karen, some of President Biden's cabinet have headed west. Finance leaders of the U.S. and China have begun talks, setting the groundwork for the Biden-Xi meeting next week at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story from San Francisco. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen meets again today here in San Francisco with Chinese Vice Premier Hu Lefong. She is saying the U.S. has no desire to break economic ties with China, but these two-day meetings are aimed at making progress on a slew of economic issues before the heads of state sit down. China's main concerns in the supply chains and high tech, the U.S. focusing on fair competition in tech, as well as freedoms and the issue of Taiwan. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. 
All right, Ed, thanks. So we turn to the markets now, and stocks are coming off their first drop in eight sessions. The declines came after Fed Chair Jay Powell warned interest rates may have to climb further. If it becomes appropriate to tighten policy further, we will not hesitate to do so. We will continue to move carefully, however, allowing us to address both the risk of being misled by a few good months of data and the risk of over-tightening. On the same day Powell spoke, Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin said the U.S. economy still has not felt the full effect of past interest rate increases. I think there's more lag to come uh, from hikes. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, that's everybody's view, but that's uh, that's certainly my view. Uh, I also believe that there's um, inflation is going to take longer to settle than the more optimistic uh, forecast that you might see. And the economy is also in focus in Europe. The U.K. economy flatlined in the third quarter, defying forecasts of a small contraction and ensuring a recession is avoided this year. GDP was unchanged from Q2. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg forecast a tenth of one percent decline on average. Well, in other news this morning, Nathan, the world's largest bank has been hit by a cyber attack. The incident caused the U.S. unit of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China to reroute some treasury trades. And we get more from Bloomberg's Rishan Salamat in Hong Kong. The hack forced clients to reroute transactions. A large number of trades in U.S. treasuries were prevented from being cleared. It left brokers and traders scrambling to assess the extent of the impact of the cyber attack. There are reports of liquidity being affected and speculation continues to mount that the issues were a catalyst for a very poor auction of 30-year bonds. Sources say ICBC alerted clients that trading was being impacted. ICBC is said to have hired cybersecurity firm Mandiant and has been offered assistance from the FBI. In Hong Kong, I'm Rashad Salamat. Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Rish, thank you. Staying in Asia, the final day of the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore has wrapped up. Climate change was a major focus. We caught up with U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry. People are well aware of how critical the situation is. Mother Nature has been sending us massive messages in the last years. We know we have to reduce the emissions. We know that the costs of not doing so will be much greater than the cost of doing so. And Special Climate Envoy John Kerry praised the Inflation Reduction Act for attracting green investment to help fight climate change. Well, Nathan, let's check out some stocks on the move this morning. Shares of Diageo down more than 11 percent. The maker of Johnny Walker whiskey and Smirnoff vodka issuing a profit warning because of a steep slowdown in Latin America. Shares of Plug Power, they're plunging down more than 29 percent in early trading. The company reported revenue well below estimates. S&P futures are little changed right now, up a point. Dow futures up two-tenths of one percent, a gain of 60 points. And Nasdaq futures are lower by two-tenths of one percent. That's a decline of 27 points. Ten-year Treasury is down three thirty seconds for a yield of 4.63 percent. This is Bloomberg. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nathan, thanks. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The FBI investigating potentially deadly attacks on election offices in five states, involving some letters laced with fentanyl. The letters were sent to Nevada, California, Georgia, Oregon, and Washington State. The Fulton County, Georgia Board of Commissioners chairman is Rob Pitts. There are some crazy people out there who will go to any extreme to disrupt, interrupt, fair, open, transparent elections in our country, and specifically here in Fulton County. Officials are calling it domestic terrorism. There are only seven days until the government could face yet another shutdown. More on that story from Washington and Bloomberg's Steve Potus. Congress needs to approve a budget that would keep the government funded through the rest of the year. But there are already some divisions among Republicans as to how that may happen. Democrats also say they wouldn't accept certain cuts to social programs. And the White House says that some of the bills Republicans are proposing would cut funds to law enforcement. White House Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton says the time is running out and House Republicans should stop playing political games and follow the lead of the Senate by getting to work on bipartisan bills. Steve Potisk, Bloomberg Radio. President Biden was in Illinois Thursday congratulating union auto workers taking a victory lap after they won a new contract. The president reminding those workers he joined them on the picket line and Donald Trump did not. I stood and others stood with you shoulder to shoulder on that picket line. Yeah. My predecessor went to a non-union shop and attacked yeah. you. Yeah. I hope you so. I hope you guys have a memory. Yeah. Where I come from, it matters. Mr. Biden was the first president in history to join workers on a picket line. The nation's first openly gay governor, looking to re-enter politics nearly 20 years after he left. Former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy announcing Thursday he'll seek the mayor's office in Jersey City in 2025. He announced in August 2004 he was a gay American and acknowledged having an extramarital affair with a male staffer 
He resigned that year. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it. With Bloomberg News Now, I'm John Tucker. And this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. Well, we bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as John said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the Thursday night game to kick off Week 10 in the NFL. Not much of a game. Carolina Panthers have only won once all season. Chicago Bears came in having won only twice. Panthers got a 79-yard punt return in the first quarter, but it was their only touchdown. And the Bears got one in the third quarter to take their first lead. Chicago won 16-13, and this helps the Bears get the first pick of the draft because they own Carolina's pick as a result of the trade the two teams swung just before last year's draft when the Panthers moved up and were able to get the first overall pick and take quarterback Bryce Young. NBA in Mexico City, good one between Atlanta and Orlando. Trey to the basket. Trey goes underneath. Throws it the corner. DeJounte, a three is good. DeJounte Murray just knocked down a three from the corner. And the Hawks take the lead. 120 to 119. At the final, Hawks radio the call. Trey Young, 41 points in the victory. Giannis Antetokounmpo poured in 54 points but had two late turnovers and Milwaukee blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead and lost at Indiana 126-124. to Celtics are home tonight to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Wizards host Charlotte. The Warriors don't play until Saturday when they take on Cleveland. Bruins' hot start continues. The hat trick for Charlie Coyle and a 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. Rangers' hot start with their 10th win. They beat Minnesota 4-1. Connor Bedard, the young star for Chicago, two goals, two assists, his best game. Blackhawks beat Tampa Bay 5-3. The player of the year at women's college basketball, Caitlin Clark, 44 points in Iowa's season-opening win. John Stanchett, we're Bloomberg Sports. Karen? All right, John, thank you. Well, straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we're going to get the very latest out of Israel. We'll be speaking with Bloomberg's Galit Alstein in Tel Aviv. And ahead of that conversation, S&P futures are little changed. Dow futures up a tenth of a percent. NASDAQ futures down two tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds. The yield 4.64 percent. And the yield on the two-year is at 5.02 percent. NYMEX crude oil up eight tenths of a percent. And this is Bloomberg. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We want to get you caught up now on the war in the Middle East. We've seen more strikes into Syria as Israel continues its advances on Hamas in Gaza. And Israel's military now says it has agreed to quick humanitarian windows to allow people to flee the fighting in northern Gaza. For the very latest, we are joined now from Tel Aviv by Bloomberg News economy and government reporter for Israel, Galit Altstein. Galit, thanks for being with us. As always, I want to start off with this latest report that we're hearing, I think, from Palestine Authority Radio about Israeli strikes uh, on an outpatient clinic in Gaza City. What more do we know? Right. Hi. Good morning, Nathan. So uh, on on the ground in Gaza, Israeli army, as, as we know, has been operating at the heart of Gaza City over the past several days. And now we have been hearing more and more reports from the Palestinian side that some of these Israeli forces are approaching 
hospitals. So as you mentioned, um, we heard a report from the Palestinian Authority radio that says that dozens were killed and wounded from an Israeli strike on outpatient clinics at the Al-Shifa medical complex in Gaza City. And we also hear Hamas saying that there are Israeli tanks in the vicinity of three different hospitals in northern Gaza. And these are different hospitals, Al-Rantisi, Al-Nasser, and Al-Ayun hospitals. And the director of one of these hospitals, the Children's Hospital, issues a comment saying we've been surrounded in the hospital since yesterday and um, IDF vehicles are stationed around the hospital. We cannot provide even the slightest medical services. So that's what this hospital director is saying um, now. All these statements have not yet been confirmed by the IDF, but I think we can probably uh, definitely not probably expect more to come on that. But the Israeli military has said, uh, made some comments about uh, potential targets in that area. What is the Israeli military saying about that? So, so the Israeli military has been saying um, for a while that Hamas command centers are positioned underground beneath um, some of these hospitals. Um, they've mainly um, focused on Al-Shifa Hospital and they've also presented some evidence the IDF that they said was backed by the U.S. and the U.K. intelligence agencies. They've shown evidence that command centers of Hamas are positioned beneath Al-Shifa Hospital and they say this is not the only hospital where this is happening. So that is why um, we are um, getting these reports of army, Israeli army forces surrounding these hospitals probably. And this is coming after Israel's military uh, confirmed U.S. reports that uh, there was an agreement on uh, humanitarian windows in the fighting. Uh, What more do we know about that? Right. So I think we're basically seeing a similar dynamic over the last couple of days with Israel providing humanitarian windows to allow people to flee in northern Gaza. And the IDF estimates that between um, 50 to 100,000 people have exited northern Gaza over the last few days, um, with a total of almost um, 900,000 leaving the area since fighting began. And this is an area that usually occupies more than a million people. So that would mean that most people, according to the IDF, um, have left. At the same time, as these people move to the safe zones in the south of um, of, of, of Gaza, we still see uh, a modest um, number of aid trucks. That's how the UN d- describes it. Coming in from Egypt, 65 days um, uh, trucks came in um, yesterday, and the need is for at least 100 trucks um, day. That's what the UN says. And um, I think another interesting um, point to mention, Nathan, uh, mm-hmm. on what's coming and how long this fighting will take. Um, we hear something on that from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who gives um, an interview to Fox News tonight. And he says, well, it has taken a little longer than I than I had hoped. And he explained that this is taking longer on account of battle conditions on the ground and the safety of IDF troops that Israel is um, obviously concerned with, and also getting out um, the hostages um, that are in there. And he does admit that, admit that this is affecting the time that this operation is taking. And just quickly, about the last 30 seconds, Khalid, does this say anything, these comments from Netanyahu, about the impact that diplomacy has had on the Israeli side? Well, you know, Netanyahu denies that, he, that Israel has agreed to any kind of 
ceasefire. Um, so, so, so that hasn't been agreed upon yet. He also talks about these humanitarian um, pauses, and he does give us a hint on the very interesting question of what will happen in the day after, and this is also so associated with diplomatic talks. Mm-hmm. And he says that um, we'll have to find a government, a civilian government that will be there, but in the foreseeable future, we will have to make sure that this doesn't happen again. He's referring to the October 7 attacks. Right. So we have to have a credible force that, if necessary, will enter Gaza and kill the killers that um, what he calls these Hamas militants. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.